Thursday Finance. It's a quarter past 12 and Stephen Pritchard joining us. And uh, Stephen, ahead of our currencies and commodities, uh, well, one of our commodities, I suppose, is uh, fuel. And fuel prices do seem to be plummeting. Well, uh, it's interesting. I, I heard on the on the radio this morning that there's E10 around town for less than a dollar a litre. Um, so, and, and they're saying that it's falling um, the crude oil price and the high Australian dollar. Um, but the NMRMA site doesn't, it's just reflecting that. But of course, we've got um, we're quoting the unleaded petri, and it's only down four percent. So it's still four percent to a dollar twenty a litre, and in Newcastle and a dollar twelve a litre in Sydney. So apparently, if you use E10, which I think's ten percent ethanol or something, yeah, something uh, like you it. can buy that for a dollar a litre around town if you yeah. if you shop around. So that's a big fall. It is a big fall, and I think we've seen them in some places even lower than that. Oh, have you? Around the uh, yeah. yeah, around the city. Yeah. You you make the job of going, we might get you to collect our petrol prices <laughs> in future. Yeah. Apparently up around the Maitland area, according to the Herald, though, it's uh, it hasn't come down a lot. So that's Oh, well, it's extra cost to transport it up to Maitland. You that must be, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> How about the rest of our commodities? Um, okay, the gold price. The gold price was pretty much dead the week for $1,633 an ounce. Um, the copper price was um, up about 2% to $7,698 a ton, and the uh, crude oil price was uh, up 4.4% to $61.67 a barrel. Yes, I know. Um, and the US dollar, um, the Australian dollar continues to climb against the US dollar. We're up another 1.3% to 62 to 76.41, which is good news for everyone travelling to the US. And against the Great British Pound, we were down about 1% to 59.05 pence. And against the euro, we were down about 1% to 67.14 euro cents. Right. And the equities markets, um, the All Ordinaries was up 1.6% on the week to 5,836. I don't think we're going to get to 6,000 points by the end of this year. You mean the end of this financial year or well, this calendar year? Financial year. The S&P was, was pretty much steady at 2,440 and the UK index was, was also pretty much steady at 7,387. Uh, good news around a couple of local stocks or stocks that local people tend to hold. Um, BHP was up 5% on the week to $23.28. Um, CBA was up 2.8% to $84.19. The threat of the increased bank tax doesn't seem to be affecting the expectations of share prices. Um, uh, NIB was up 4% to $5.71 and Telstra was up 1.2% to $4.38. So all those stocks were raised for the week to keep everyone happy. And and we've done the petrol and the diesel. The, the diesel, diesel price was a dollar twenty three point six in Newcastle and a dollar twenty four point four in Sydney. So they're pretty much the same as last week. Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Stephen. Henry. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. You're back from sunning yourself a nice tan, I hope. I am back from stunning myself. It seems like a lifetime ago. It was only a week ago that we got back. Yes, so I can appreciate it wa- that. It wears off very quickly, unfortunately. Yes. So we've had some interesting moves at, at Blackmore's. The, the, the CEO's going across to try and sort out Australia Post. 
Um, yeah, I think sort out's a nice pun. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting move, a big move, a big shock, I guess, for the market. Christine Holgate has become, I guess, the, uh, the Gail Kelly of the market at the moment, a very polished performer, very, uh, a very competent uh, manager and has done an incredible job at Blackmore's um, and is leaving to go to Australia Post, not going to get anywhere near the salary that uh, Ahmed Farood uh, got, but still uh, still not a bad gig. Um, she's got quite a big challenge in front of her, I guess, um, as she had with Blackmore's. Uh, the share price has been going uh, down for some time since it hit those heady heights of 200 bucks, um, you know, a year or so ago. So um, she is very good. She is very well regarded, and it's a big hole to fill. So, um, you know, Blackmore's uh, have called back from sabbatical Marcus Blackmore, who's uh, not, uh, not a young man. He's in his 70s, so he's certainly got plenty of life and vigor in him, but um, I'm sure he wasn't uh, too pleased to get the call back from his sabbatical. But uh, we'll wait and see how that all pans out. Yes, so it's interesting. I'm sure she'll do well at Australia Post. Yes, I think well I think they they're very much trying to focus on Asia. Of course they've got the Star Trek parcel delivery business which is the uh the, the big business they have. Letters unfortunately um have gone the way uh, a little bit the way of the dodo and the only letters I seem to get these days are bad news and bills. Yes. Um there's not there's not much else involved in letters so um I'm sure that will continue to decline. And Link, Link's acquiring a UK business and doing a rights issue. Yeah, Link's have uh, been a major success. They um, they've acquired a, a UK business called uh, Capita Asset Management. Um, they've done a uh, they're doing an 890 odd million dollar rights issue, of which they've completed 700 million dollars uh, with institutions. The rest to come from uh, a share placement, uh, share purchase plan for retail investors. Very very well supported. 98 percent of of uh, entitlements were taken up. Um, the share price has gone very well. People like international stories at the moment. I think there's a there's a growing feeling that uh, maybe um, if you want growth, you've got to go overseas and you've got to have that exposure to uh, international markets. And Link uh, seemed to have uh, hit the nail on the head with this purchase. It's not a small purchase. You know, it's a billion dollar purchase for a two and a half billion dollar company. It's a, it's a big bite, but we've seen these kind of bites with Borrell. Uh, in the U.S. as well, buying that uh, that fly ash business mm-hmm. over there, um, and uh, you know it can transform the company uh, for good or for bad. And today we've seen the bad, which was Slater and Gordon, which spent that billion dollars on a uh, UK mm-hmm. purchase, and is now having to be recapitalised with uh, with uh, debt holders ending up with 95% of the equity. So mm-hmm. good and bad. Yes, that's right. And then speaking of overseas, you know, QBE's announced some kind of fawnings <laughs> problem and a lot of their business is coming from overseas yeah um they had some uh, i mean qbe is a perennial shocker in terms of shocking the market with uh, earnings downgrades uh, and just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water and you thought that the, the coast was clear uh, with qbe and they basically sort of pulled themselves up uh, they did it again this one uh, seemed to be weather related and some adverse claims um, but also there were some problems with their margins, which was in complete contrast with uh, Insurance Australia Group, IAG, which has been hitting record highs on the back of uh, a profit upgrade. Um, as They don't seem to uh, have to put aside so much money for uh, future claims on uh, some of their uh, policies on uh, death and disabilities and, and income protection and those sorts of things. So they're doing well. QBE not doing so well. 
Yeah, perhaps we should should buy some IOG insurance because people aren't aren't dying as fast if their insurance is in. Harry? Well, I, I think it's not just that. I, mean, I think a lot of it is this income protection one, of course, with yeah. no wages growth. Yeah. These guys, obviously, the actuary's budget for uh, for paying out more money over time due to wages growth, and if you only get um, you know one percent wages growth, if you're lucky. Um, then obviously all that money that they've set aside on an actuarial basis, actuarial basis rather, um, can come back onto the uh, on the profit line. So, um, you know, wages growth is an issue, uh, certainly, uh, but it's a positive, it looks like, for IAG. Yes, and Fortescue, Fortescue is looking to cut wages by putting in conveyor belts. Uh, conveyor belts and autonomous trucks, so yes. basically driverless trucks doing all the work, driverless trains, um, I mean, this is obviously the way of the future, and there's a lot of people uh, doing driverless technology, etc. So um, the Fortescue head of operations uh, made his first public outing uh, yesterday and was talking about the costs of 12 to $13 a tonne that they currently have in U.S. dollar terms for, uh, for getting iron ore out of the ground and shipping it. Um, actually being able to be reduced further, which would be uh, quite amazing for, uh, for Fortescue, which have already driven their cost curve down substantially. Yeah, so good news there. And Avio, Avio, Avio was featured oh. on, on on a shocking story on Four Corners earlier in this week, and now yep. they've now they've been, which is which has had the expected effect on the share price, and now now they're going to buy back 145 billion shares. Yeah. Hello, Henry. Have we still got you? Oh, I think we might have. Hello, Henry. Are you back? Good. I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so Avio had a, a shocking expose done by Fairfax over the weekend, and then it was backed up by a Four Corners program on Monday night. Uh, the shares dropped uh, 11% on, uh, I think it was Friday uh, and Monday, and then bounced a little bit, and they've now fallen back again as uh, it looks like the ASX is going to be launching an inquiry into some sorts of, uh, into how the trading pattern of uh, of AVO was uh, was in the preceding days and, and the announcement of a buyback. So um, lots of problems there, calls for an inquiry. It's a problem like this we're all going to have to face with our ageing parents and our ageing selves. Mm. Hopefully a long time away yet, though. And yeah, Yang Coal, there seems to be a bit of a bidding war for coal at that item. Now let's talk that Yang Coal is going to have trouble actually raising the money to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, this, this has been a big deal in the market. Rio selling its New South Wales coal and allied assets, mainly in the Hunter Valley. Uh, Glencore was quite interested in the assets. Uh, Yankol was obviously very interested. And the two of them have had a good old-fashioned bidding war. It looks like Yankol have uh, scooped the prize. Uh, Yankol is a very small uh, cap company on the Australian Stock Exchange, but it is backed by the Chinese government. It is their kind of vehicle for uh, for coal exposure and coal production in uh, Australia. So I've no doubt that at some stage they will uh, get the money uh, and the government will write the cheque. And Rio seem to have uh, done a pretty good job in getting themselves out of the coal business, uh, certainly on, on those assets from Coal and Allied. Okay, I think we've just got time for one more. Uh, Vocus Communications, the, the share price I noticed today is trading below the, the takeover price. Does there many thoughts yeah. on why that is? Um, well, I guess the, the longer these things tend to go on without word from company or from uh, from the bidder, uh, it tends to make people nervous. Um, you know, these are non-binding, conditional, you know, we need to have a look at the books kind of deals. Um, so the longer it goes on, 
and we hear no word, people lose interest and lose faith and think, you know what, we've made a little bit of money, uh, let's move on and we can go and play something else. And there's plenty of other opportunities around uh, for these hedge funds and big uh, institutional investors. So they just uh, bail out, go somewhere else and, and wait for more clarity. I mean, you'll, look, you'll see that Fairfax is in a similar situation yeah. in terms of uh, below the offer price um, with two parties there sort of having due diligence, but it just takes time. People get bored. Mm-hmm. And they never get bored reading Marcus today when it's written by you, do they, Henry? Uh, I'd like to think not, yeah. Certainly coming up to the end of the uh, financial year, we've got some good offers on at the moment, and we've you can always uh, claim a tax deduction from your local friendly accountant. Yep, that's right, as long as it's in by the 30th of June. Okay, okay. Stephen Pritchard, we're looking at planning for the future of your business, and uh, part of that involves goals. Yeah, I think that, you know, with the 30th of June coming up and a new 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 financial year starting mm. yeah, very quickly to, on Saturday, isn't it? Saturday? That's the new year. Yeah. And... Um, you know, it's time to do a bit of planning, forward planning for your business. So one of the first things you need to think about is what are your goals for your business? I mean, various businesses, you know, and various business proprietors, um, you know, have different goals. Some some will be looking for, for just to, just to um, provide a comfortable, you know, ongoing living for themselves. Some will be looking to, to grow the business and, and, you know, take on more employees and open more branches. Um and others were, were looking at retirement, you know, perhaps a couple of years, and what can they do to, to make their businesses more saleable? And, and what systems and processes do they need to play put in place or, or what type of things they need to, to plan to exit the business? So what you what you probably need to do is, is you know, spend, you know, and you don't need to, you know, the, the best type of goals documents I see are ones that are written on one page, maybe two. You do not need a 50-page document of your goals. If you can't articulate the goals, like, I want to retire in, in three years, or, or, you know, I want to double my sales in the next two years. If, if you can't come up with short goals like that, you know, these huge documents, just a complete waste of effort. <laughs> And I suppose you want them to be as realistic and practical yeah, as realistic, possible. You know. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you can... you've got to come up with the goals, and then 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 you've got to you've got to work out how you're going to get to the goals. So yeah. So you need a couple of columns in your. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your, uh, but first uh, things to come up with the goals. Mm. Um, then then you probably need to do a, 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 what what's what's known as a, a bit of a SWOT analysis, which was once again just some simple thing, and and and, and you know, once again, I think you try and do this on one page. So. Draw, divide your page up to to to, to four, four quarters and write in each quarter the you know one quarter for your strengths one for your weaknesses one for your opportunities and threats um so and, and write down some of the major things in each category um and it's the major things you you, you know you need to count you need to concentrate on. it's like it's like very similar to when you write a letter you write a you write your first letter and you know it you look at it and then you make your changes to the, to the draft. And each time you make a change to that letter, um, it progressively gets less impact from the, from the improvement. So, so you know, by the time you're doing your sixth draft, which I've seen people do, you know, there's no major difference between probably the third one. And it's the same with your strengths and your weakness and opportunity strengths. 80% of the changes will be in the top two or three categories that you can make to improve your business. 
Yes, okay, 80%. So go for the first three. Go for the major things. <laughs> the major the things. The major things. Mm, there's a bit of a, a con, um, a, 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 what do you call it, a coming togetherness um, between threats and opportunities or weaknesses and opportunities. Yeah, yeah I mean, weaknesses, weaknesses in your business can be turned into an opportunity. Yeah, um, can be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it can be, yeah. yeah. Um, I can think, you know, instances where that's happened at... At our firm, you yeah. Know. Yep. So it's something to work on. Um, and and one of the big things in small businesses is is, a, and particularly a business that's kind of started off and and grown uh, over time, and now the proprietor wants to to look at easing back or looking at retirement some few years down the track, is they need to learn how to delegate things. Right. Right. You know, it, it, yes, yes, you, you might be able to do it better and you might be able to do it quicker. But if you don't give someone the chance to do something, they're never going to improve. And at the end of the day, the only way you can actually get the business bigger or, or improve its skill or, or look towards replacing yourself is to teach someone what you need, what you can do. So you need to teach someone what you can do so that in future you can give those tasks to them. Which is good if you want to go on holiday anyway. It's good if you want to go on holiday. You know, you know, and it's good if if if, if you be if you if you, you become sick and there's no one in the business who can you know, you're for two or three, four weeks. Um, there's no one in the business who can do what you can do. Um, you've got a big problem. Yes. And then when you want to sell it, I'd suggest that the business is basically unsaleable. Yes, so you really do need to have somebody coming you through. You need to have someone knows. coming through or someone who can do every job in the business you need to be covered off by someone else. What about outsourcing? Oh, outsourcing. I've got this issue about outsourcing. I think outsourcing is overdone. Um, and I think outsourcing in a lot of cases is just just um, just poor management. Okay. Um, um, you know, if, if you sit down and think about it for, for 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 a while, if you've got a if you've got a sufficiently large, I mean, certain things need to be outsourced because you, you haven't got the you haven't got the the necessary skills to run um, a, an IT network or something. But if you've got a sufficiently large business, why would you outsource something like cleaning? I mean, you know. You outsource it to the contractor. The contractor's got all the same expenses you've got, and then they're going to put in a profit margin on the top. So what you're doing is handing your profit margin to someone else because you, you can't properly manage it. That, that's, that, to me, says if you start outsourcing core things in relation to your business that need to be done every day of the week, um, you, you're not managing the business properly. Outsourcing should only be applied, in my view, where there's specialist skills you need to bring in that you're not that you're not sufficiently large enough to justify running them in house. And we're talking, taking a look at your business and planning for the future of your business, Stephen. What's um, next? And one of the other things you need to look at is, 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 is this kind of gets back to your strengths, weakness, opportunities. Is to look at the big items in the business that make a big difference. Okay. There's lots of items in the business that that will make a difference, but you need to prioritise those and, and sit down and work on the the, the, the items that 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 make the biggest differences to the business. Right. And so you need to spend some time just you know thinking about thinking about 
what items are um, and how you can fix or improve on on the major. Most businesses have only got a couple of major drivers. I mean, a retail business, the drivers are the, the sales and the gross profit margins. How can you improve your sales and how can you improve your gross profit margins? And, you know, retail business, there's some ways you can improve the, both the sales and the gross profit margins by simple things like, like um, packaging up various items together. If you go into Coles, or worse, um, at this particular this time of year, you'll find they've got a package of various vegetables um, that 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 you can just take home and make up your your vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the local fruit shop could put that together, and perhaps even put the um, uh, with the carrot and the celery, they could put a a bag of peas. So you've got all the prefits. Everything you need. Yeah. So, so what you're doing, you're converting a couple of dollar sales into a five or six dollar sale, and, and and people like that because. You're thinking ahead for and, them. And it's good yeah. for the consumers too because if you want to make uh, some pea and ham soup, you don't have to go and buy the whole half of celery that gets left in the, yes. the fridge drawer. So there's various things you can think with a bit of thought that you can you can increase your basically sales and your gross margin. And, 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 and it's not always the case that the consumer is paying paying more. By doing that, they could be getting better value. So that's important. And then, of course, you need to create a plan. I mean, everything needs to create a plan because if you've got a plan, if you write things down, they tend to get that tends to get done. In my experience, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's if you, if you write down a sheet of things you want to do, yes, and tick them off, yes, and I, and once again, I don't mean these business plans that I've seen people come in they bring them into our office and you know it'll be three inches thick and and, and you know what do you think of that well i'm, I'm not going to sit there and read it you yes know, you want to get the bones of things yeah, the yeah if you you can't do a summary plan in you know one or two pages mm. with the key points a few lines on each point that's all i really need and i, I think some people get to just write that, that their objective is to write this plan and, and they think that the, the core thing is to write the plan and once that thing that's done everything will be fine but the plan's only the starting point you don't want to waste too much money on or too much time and and or money on writing these plans that are never going to be implemented because it's all too hard to look at sounds um, fair and of course there's um Things you need to think about too is about succession planning and 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 succession planning and carrying on the business. I mean, and, and these are just general things. I mean, accidents and sickness can all ha- happen unexpectedly. Um, mm-hmm. You need you need to create a create a will, and and if there's business assets, they they need to be you need to pay a lawyer who has some expertise in dealing with wills at, with where businesses are involved. Um, it's no use just going down to the local suburban lawyer who writes out the standard will I read everything to my wife. I mean, that's probably not going to work in the case where you've got a business. Um, you need to think about uh, powers of attorney and enduring powers of attorney and, mm. and who's going to actually run the business if something happens to you or you become incapacitated for a time or or, 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 or unfortunately you die, you know. You know. There, there could be two children in the family, one's interested in the business and one's not. Um, it would be quite silly to say that, that both of them should have the both same, of them yes. should have the business. Um, that that'll just create family arguments. Um, you know, so yes. so there needs to be some considerable thought in that. And of course, um, you need to think about uh, self-employed people more so than than employed people. Needs to think about um, income protection insurance or disability insurance or 
or, or, or uh, life insurance. Now, life insurance can usually be bought quite effectively through a, a superannuation fund. Okay, and that will at least give some money to make sure things get... Yeah, and, and life insurance, um, particularly in a super fund, can, can be used for estate planning. Get back to what we had before, two, two children in the family, one's interested in the business and one's not. Um, you know, you could leave the business to one and leave an equivalent dollar value out of the superannuation fund to the other child. So you, you can treat them equally. They both get what assets they want, but you could just see if, how, how an argument mm. would develop mm. yes. if, if it was just left equally. Uh, we, we'd leave 50% of the assets equally. So you need to give some thought, see where the family situation fits in and, 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 and plan your estate Accordingly. Mm. Yeah. Now, is there anywhere we can search online to have a look for, for oh, some help? The, the, the government's got a, um, a, a uh, website, uh, business.gov.au. Um, you can go onto that and it's got suggestions on writing a business plan. Um, we, we've got a, a template for business plans, if you like. We can just uh, send Lots out. Lots of people. Yeah, have, so yeah. They're, not, they're not hard to get. Okay. And, and, but... but yeah, the most important thing of these business plans is yeah. not to end up with a document that no one's going to look at. Just make sure it works for you. Make too. sure it works for you. Make sure it's not too long. Make sure it's readable. And make sure someone else can pick it up and say, yes, I understand that. <laughs> so that's making sure your business carries on in the best possible way. For the new year. For the new year. And it's all be done by, by, by Sunday. Yes, <laughs> all that. Well, you can catch this program on podcast too through our website, 2NURFM.com, through the app as well. And that is Thursday Finance for Today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back next Thursday in the new financial year with lots more from the world of finance. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.